Welcome to Truth Is Now Treason. I'm Dietrich. And I am Lennox. For the last so many episodes in this series called Is This the Beginning of the End, we have been discussing the World Economic Forum and their goals for 2030 and how this affects not only us in America, but the rest of the world as well. And these goals are stated right on the WEF's website, but we do have the article link on ours if you want to take a look. Their motto is to just imagine utopia by 2030 where we own nothing. We have no privacy, but we will love it because life will never have been better. (laughs) This will happen because we will have a global government where all regions of the world will work together, will partner to bring equity and peace. (laughs) Dietrich, that just gives me warm fuzzies just thinking about it, doesn't it you? (laughs) Yes, indeed. When I look at these clowns we have in Washington, I think I want them to run more of my life for me. (laughs) Well, we know it to be wrong because warm fuzzies isn't the way the scripture describes this global government. Here are just two passages that we found that depict what the world will be like in the end. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5 through 5 says this, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, unholy, ungrateful, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Now, that definitely sounds more like what we're going through right now than this uh, fancy imagination that the WEF has. Also, Matthew chapter 24, verses 22, gives another picture. It says, If those days had not been cut short. So it's talking about the days when the Antichrist is actually here in the picture. It says, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, the Christians, the followers of Christ, those days will be shortened. So it doesn't sound like utopia at all. In other words, there will be some dark days ahead for us, especially his church. Those who are followers of Christ However, traders, before we explain in more detail what these verses really mean and how to survive these dark days that are coming, we want to share one more connection between our current leaders, their political party, and the globalist from the WEF. You won't believe it. I am still shaking my head in disbelief and disgust. So what was Biden's campaign slogan when he ran back in 2020? Build back better, or as a lot of us like to call it, build back broke. Now, this video that we found was put out by Sky News Australia by Rowan Dean in October 31st of 2020. This is right before the presidential election happened here in the United States. Did you know that the build back better slogan was not original to Biden and the Democrat Party? What? (laughs) No, these globalists across the world who are all connected to this organization were spouting it too. Just like Sleepy Joe and the Democrats here were doing. Can you believe that? What a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. At least it doesn't seem to be, especially when rhetoric they have been spouting from the WEF. Hey, why not use it for a campaign slogan too? Here is a title to a WEF article and it says... To build back better, we need to reinvent capitalism. Here's how. This was put out July of 2020. 
There's also, I went to the WEF's website. I found a bar graph that was titled How to Really Build Back Better. Now, this was put out November of 2020. So notice that all of this, when did Joe Biden run for president? 2019, 2020. These articles are being all put out in 2020. So this is the same slogan, same time frame coming out of the WEF and Joe Biden. So in this video by Roland Dean, he shows how all these individuals use the same slogan. Here's two other people. United Nations Heads of Communication, Melissa Fleming, and Britain's former Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, all use Build Back Better. There is even a sign with this slogan, Build Back Better, hanging right behind Boris's head when he's speaking. Every country feels this sense of urgency, and every country, you know, understands that they can't go it alone. So I think certainly uh, the mind has been focused um, and hopefully, yes, we're going to be missing a lot of the informal um, opportunities, but hopefully we can just work on what we say, building back better. And enable us not just to come through this crisis, but to come back stronger and build back better. Here's our favorite guy that we like to pick on. I know you agree, all you Canadian fans, Justin Trudeau in Montreal don't exactly know what the date is, but it is after COVID hit in 2020 once again. It had no mention of rebuilding an economy devastated and Canadians uh, disrupted by a terrible global pandemic. So we will be putting forward an ambitious and responsible vision of how to build Canada back better. Now here's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Now she's a socialist just after winning her election in 2020 giving a speech. Here she is using it, how she wants to rebuild her country. And over the next three years, there is much work to do. We will build back better from the COVID crisis. I found a magazine article. It's using that phrase, build back better. And it's titled, How Can Australia Build Back Better After Coronavirus? Another article that Environment Victoria put out. It was titled, Build Back Better. This is an environment group that encourages people to take shorter showers and drive less, just like the WEF rhetoric. Yeah, you first. I think you're getting the idea. Joe Biden did not come up with this on his own. The Democrat Party took the theme that year of the WEF and they used it. Now, if this isn't proof enough that this political party is colluding with this elitist group to bring about the demise of our democracy, then you may want to check and see if somebody has given you an lobotomy when you weren't looking. <laughs> okay? No, just kidding. Now, somebody is coordinating behind the scenes from somewhere here. Well, we at Truth is Now Treason know where. And the WEF. I mean, this really gets me because the Democrats Democrats. What did they do in 2021? Oh, they tried to pass a bill in Congress titled Build Back Better. Of course, it was all about this green energy climate change and it didn't get passed, but they've still succeeded in passing it bit by bit or at least some of it bit by bit. Here is the theme of the WEF. Our own president is out in the open with a sly little wink saying, hey, we're going to help you accomplish these goals. We'll do it. We'll do it piecemeal. So here he is making a pact with these globalists, knowing what their goals are, which are to destroy America. That really gets me. There is one more I want you to hear. 
It's a man. His name is John Barry, a professor at Queen's University, Belfast, Ireland, using Biden's campaign slogan once again. But he says something a little bit further. He says we need to build back better, but we also need to resist returning to normal. My name is John Barry. I'm professor at Queen's University, Belfast. The pandemic has cancelled the future, but that's okay. It was a pretty bad one anyway. We should, as we're thinking about recovery from the pandemic, resist the calls to return back to normal. Normal was the problem. Normal was an ecocidal, unsustainable economic system based upon unsustainable globalization. So I think we should think about building back better. So we need to not return to normal. So if you are wondering, why is some of this COVID stuff being drug out for so long? Why can't we return to normal? This is why. You have a group of people who are fighting this. They want to make sure that we never return to normal. So if we're not supposed to return to normal, we can only conclude that everything you see is intentional. Hopefully you can see what we see. Numerous similarities between our current regime's rhetoric and the rhetoric of the WEF. I want to introduce to you a certain individual. A person who has been very influential in convincing others to think how it is imperative for us to have this wonderful global system that the WEF wants. This guy, his name is Yuval Noah Harari. Now, he does say some far out there things that I don't understand, nor do I want to. From what I have read of his teachings, I think he's boring. He's more imaginative than realistic. And to me, if you just go on looks... He doesn't look like he would be a very prominent individual. He's very skinny. He looks like a weasel. And I think I could probably beat him up with just my little pinky. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't go on his looks because the opposite is happening. This guy seems to be very popular. And this guy is the advisor to WEF's founder, Klaus Schwab. All right. Klaus Schwab is the one that's influencing all these people across the world. He's advising Klaus Schwab. He has also authored several books and some have even called him the prophet. Maybe he's even called himself the prophet. I think jokingly because he talks about the future, but he probably is better known as a historian. He is openly gay, Israeli, derogatory towards Christians and religion. He's an atheist and evolutionist. He does put more emphasis on what he believes to be science. Everything that comes out of his mouth is the opposite of God's word. And when I first heard him, my first thoughts were, could he be the Antichrist or the false prophet that the Bible mentions in Daniel and Revelations? I mean, he is from the Middle East, which Bible scholars seem to think that that is where the Antichrist will come from. And he has gained popularity very quickly these last few years. If you Google him, he's all over the Internet. So he continues to speak and to meet with leaders of various countries all across the world. He has spoken at the WEF numerous times. Now, he's currently a lecturer at the Department of History at Hebrew University of Jerusalem in Israel. Now, he is constantly in front of the camera. Yeah, Anderson Cooper had him on his show, and he's also been on 60 Minutes. You know, but even if he isn't the Antichrist, and we are not saying that this guy is the Antichrist, okay? He is influencing major players who will be on the world stage if the Antichrist 
Antichrist were to arrive at this time. But what also makes him more interesting is, is that he says so many things that the Antichrist would say. This is where we're first starting to see people who are major political leaders who are spouting what the Antichrist would spout. He is a globalist, and he is heavily persuading the elitists across the globe. So we're basically saying, keep your eye on this guy. You know, one statement of his caught my attention. It goes like this. History began when humans created gods, and it will end with humans becoming gods. Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. Now we know scripture doesn't teach that at all. Scripture says in Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Genesis 2.7 says this, Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. God created man, not man created God. And I find it interesting, too, that he thinks man will become gods because the Antichrist will claim to be God. And I can assure you this isn't going to happen. Men will not become gods. Here's what God says, how it's going to end. And this is paraphrased, Lennox paraphrased. It says, individuals will be taken into the presence of God and they will be judged for the deeds they have done or failed to do during their lifetime. And this is from Revelations chapter 20, verse 13, where it talks specifically about the wicked and the unbelieving. It says that they will be judged according to what they had done. And these, whose names are not in the book of life, will be sent to the lake of fire to experience the second death. Lake of fire is what we've talked about being hell, torment, suffering, and this is a spiritual death, not a physical death. And once you are sent there, it's a final destination and it's eternal. You can't get out. And then it goes on to say in verses 14 and 15 that those who did accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will be with Christ in the heavens or new earth. So here's something that Noah Harari said in his book, Sapiens, A Brief History of Mankind. He says this, human life has absolutely no meaning. Humans are the outcome of blind evolutionary processes that operate without goal or purpose. Our actions are not part of some divine cosmic plan. And if planet Earth were to blow up tomorrow, the universe would probably keep going on about its business as usual. Now, how many people out there do you know that are depressed because they feel like they have no purpose? There is no point to their life. And here's this guy who wants us to think that he is so brilliant telling us that human life has absolutely no meaning. Listen to the life that we get through a life dedicated to God. This is Psalm 57 2. It says this, I cry out to the God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Or Jeremiah 29 11, which says this, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. If your life has no meaning, then how depressing. I've never seen 
anyone commits suicide when a person has a purpose. But I have come across many who think that he or she has no purpose and then they ask, what is the point to living? Yaval's words offer no hope, but Jesus' words offer abundant life, fulfillment, even to the point of overflowing, plentiful, bountiful. Here are some more excerpts that we want to share with you to better understand this guy. The more you let someone talk, the more you find out about that person. And thanks to YouTube and Rebel News of Canada, we know what he thinks about science. Science isn't about truth. Science is not really about truth. It's about power. So keep that in mind. When a globalist says to you, science, science, I'm a man of science. We need to look at the science. What they're saying really is power. How can I exert this over you to influence you and have power? Science is not about truth. It's about power. We're using this guy's own words against him. Now, I love how those on the left like to say, we're the party of science. Okay, then what's an XY chromosome mean then? Oops, I guess you're only about science when it's convenient to you, isn't it? Or when it's really about power. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that, Lennox. So, again, when somebody's saying science, listen to them. What they're actually saying is power. We already played something similar to this in our previous episodes, but here it is again about biometric surveillance, measuring and monitoring under the skin. But pay attention to what he says about COVID and the relationship between the two. Is, this is the moment when everything went digital. And if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. Because really we haven't seen anything yet. I I think that the big process that's happening right now in the world is uh, hacking human beings, the ability to hack humans, to understand deeply what's happening within you, what what makes you, what, what, what makes you go. And for that, the most important data is not what you read and who you meet and what you buy, it's what's happening inside your body. So we had these two big revolutions, the computer science revolution, or the the infotech revolution, and the revolution in the biological sciences. And they are still separate, but they are about to merge. They are merging around, I would say, the biometric sensor. It's the thing, it's the gadget, it's the technology that converts biological data into digital data that can be analyzed by computers. And having the ability to really monitor people under the skin, this is the the biggest game changer of all. He says COVID's role was to bring about monitoring under the skin, to turn everything digital. That's all part of the plan. We know we're on the brink of digital currency, but that's what he's saying, that the purpose of COVID, and that you can see this, they're using COVID in everything that they're doing now to bring about this surveillance. So this is a guy who doesn't believe in free will. He loves science and technology so much that he thinks we're going to become gods. But then he calls the true God fake news. Now listen to what he thinks about anyone who does love God and listen to the praise these people interviewing him are giving him. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. 
Good evening, Mr. Harari. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. My question indeed is a bit more personal. You've called yourself a prophet tonight, mm -hmm. or you, you use the <laughs> I, word... I repeatedly deny yeah, well. that... Uh... <laughs> How do you feel being so influential? I mean, it, it has happened probably in the last few years, no? Oh, yeah, just again. I mean, I'm interested in, in, you have power somehow to, to convince leaders. How, how are you yourself? Yeah, this man who may look like some wimpy dude is surely becoming very popular. He's very influential. Now, again, we are not saying this guy is the Antichrist, but he does seem to fit criteria in some ways. He's being called a prophet, saying man will become a god. He is blasphemous constantly. He's from the Middle East. Now, some Bible scholars say that the Antichrist will be some kind of military guy. So, Harari does not fit that description. So, again, we're not sure. But this is, again, somebody that we should continue to watch. This guy will be on the world stage at the Antichrist circle if the Antichrist were to happen during his lifetime. The things he spouts are truly against God's word. And the powerful and the rich praise this guy. I mean, Barack Obama has highly endorsed his books. Bill Gates says positive things about this guy. So this wimpy dude is advising the most powerful and rich people in the world. So next episode, we want to talk about this push for global identity. We're going to compare all of what we have been discussing and turn to a couple of passages from Daniel and Revelation, books in the Bible. And we can say this all fits with the Bible, but we want you to hear this for yourselves. So if you like this episode, make sure that you rate us. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now, rate us on that platform, if you would, please. This helps us out. Follow us and share our posts we do on Facebook and Instagram. Until, Until next time, time my fellow, fellow traders. traders.